welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Welcome again to our broadcasts on the subject of healing. And uh, we've been talking about the subject of uh, God's provision of healing for all mankind, not just for Christians alone. God's provision is for everybody. And everything that God has provided for all mankind is available in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And uh, we began uh, with our foundation scripture, Exodus 15, uh, particularly verse 26, and I don't want to go into it because I have a lot of other things that I want to cover, um, where we see that the Lord showed Moses um, the tree. And we, we said, the Bible said that Moses cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him the tree. And when he cast that tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And then the Bible says, there God made a covenant with Israel. It was a covenant of healing. And we've seen that that tree itself uh, was a picture of the cross. First Peter 2.24 tells us, that himself bore our own sins in his own body on the cross, that we being dead unto sins might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. So the tree is and was a picture of the cross. And that's what we need to understand, that the old covenant, healing in the old covenant was based on the coming cross. And if God healed people based on the cross that was still in the future, how much more will he heal us today? on the basis of the cross that has become an actual fact and a reality. So I want to move a little bit further today by taking us to Numbers 21. And let's begin to read from verse 4. And they, then they, speaking about the children of Israel, journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and there is no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sends fiery serpents among the people. And they beat the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away these serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that every one that is beaten, when he looks at it, shall leave. So Moses made a bronze serpent, and put it on a pole. So it was, if a, a, a serpent beat, had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now these uh, verses of scripture that we've just read from Numbers 21, all the way to verse 9, uh, these, these scriptures are loaded with, with revelation concerning the subject of healing. But I want you to see something here. 
It says uh, the, the soul of the people became discouraged along the way and they spoke against Moses and spoke against the Lord. And then he said, why have you brought, up, brought us up into the wilderness to die here in the wilderness? That was not what God planned to do for them. God brought them out there to take them into the promised land. That was what God told them all the way in the land of Egypt. He said, I'm taking you over, oh, I'm taking you over into the promised land. But the people said, no, God brought us here to kill us. God brought us here to have us die. They spoke words of death. And, 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 and the Bible says they sinned against uh, God. And the result was that the serpent was released into the camp. Now, one of the difficulties that we have here is that we look at this word uh, that says, that part of the scripture here that says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they beat the people, and many of the people of Israel died. It will look as if, from this scripture, that God was responsible for that situation, but he was not. Uh, I mean, it looks as if God was the one that sent those fiery serpents among the children of Israel and uh, caused those serpents to bite them. But if you look a little bit closer, you'll find out that those serpents were in that wilderness all the time. Let's look at that in Deuteronomy 28. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll see something very interesting there. Verse 14. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents that Take, take note of what he's saying here. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents? Those snakes were there all along. And scorpions and thirst and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? So those snakes were there all along. It's not as if when these people sinned, so God suddenly manufactured some snakes from somewhere and released those snakes against the people. Those snakes were part and parcel of the wilderness all along. They were, those deadly snakes were there all along. They were part of the desert. God, all along, was protecting the people from the, from the day they stepped out of Egypt into that desert all the way to the promised land. God was keeping those snakes out of the camp. Those snakes were part of the camp. Sorry, those snakes were part of the wilderness. It was part of the desert all along. God was the one that was protecting them. And now let's look at another scripture that will shed some more light on that, on that subject. I want us to look at Psalm, I think Psalm 121. Uh, let's look at Psalm 121. That will give us some more information on what's going on here. Psalm 121. Let's look at verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Now, here is a very interesting scripture. It says that God is the keeper of the people. 
And he says, God is the one that's protecting them and keeping them from all evil. All evil means all sicknesses, all diseases, including those snakes out there in that desert. God was protecting them and keeping them. But here's an interesting thing here. It says, the Lord is, is your shade as your right hand. I want you to look at this word shade here. This word shade also means an umbrella. It says that umbrella is... Uh, is 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 at your right hand. The, the people were the one handling, holding that umbrella, and he says it's the umbrella, is a shade being carried on your right hand. Of course, that's the, the the dominant hand. Of course, some people are left-handed, some people are right-handed, but most people are right-handed. So he says the Lord is the shade at your right hand. And that we've seen that that word shade here means an umbrella. So the Lord was their umbrella of protection. He's talking about an umbrella. Of protection but notice that the handle for that umbrella is on is in the hands of the people it wasn't the hands of God the handle of the umbrella was in their hands now if if it's raining out there cats and dogs and you are about to step out there into the rain and I give you an umbrella and I say here here's an umbrella that will protect you from the rain the umbrella is in your hands. It's up to you to hoist that umbrella, hold it over yourself. If for some reason you get out there in the rain and you decide to fold that umbrella and not hold it over your, yourself, protecting yourself, then whose fault is it? Not my fault. I gave you the umbrella already. I put it in your hand. It was up to you to keep that umbrella hoisted. That's what God was telling the people here. The Lord is the umbrella at your right hand. In other words, he's saying, I am your protection. I am the one going to protect you. I am the one that's going to keep you from all the evils. That's my part of the covenant. However, it's your duty and responsibility to hold the umbrella and keep it hoisted. The handle of that umbrella was with them. In other words, it was up to them. Whether that umbrella of protection will work or not was in the hands of the people, not in the hands of God. It wasn't up to God to keep that umbrella hoisted and keep that umbrella uh, protecting them. God was their protection. God was protecting them from all evil. But they had a part to play within that protection. It was up to them to make sure that the umbrella of protection was kept uh, hoisted and, 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 and working all the time. So when the snakes got access into the wilderness, into the camp, it wasn't God's fault. God had already made the provision for them. The people decided to murmur against God and complain against God. And they spoke words of death. They said, God brought us into this place to kill us. We're going to die in this wilderness. The Bible says you have what you say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. That's what the Bible says about the words that we speak out of our mouth. God said, I'm taking you into the wild. I'm taking you over into the promised land. The people said, no, we're going to die here in the wilderness. And what happened? They died. The snakes were released. And, and, and those snakes began to bite them and release those deadly venom into their system. Now, let's go back again and look at that scripture again. And we'll begin to see more. we begin to get more information and get more light into what was happening here. God was not the one that was sending those snakes. God was not. Those snakes were part and parcel of the desert. Those snakes were part and parcel of that desert condition. They were there all along. And God was holding those snakes back from uh, biting the people all along. 
And now when the people opened the door for the, for the enemy to come in, what happened? The enemy got in there and began to destroy them. Now, I want to go back to that scripture again and read it. It says, Then the people, then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our souls loathe this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they beat the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Now, most of the misunderstanding concerning the subject of healing and health and God's provision with regard to this subject uh, among people comes from the Old Covenant. If you read over in the New Testament, you'll find that there is, it's very, very clear. God is not the one that makes people sick. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us, Our God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You'll never see anywhere in the, old, in the New Covenant where Jesus put sickness on anybody. You'll never see anywhere in the New Covenant where people speak against Jesus and in, in, in retaliation he made them sick, he, he oppressed them. No, Jesus went about healing people. Jesus went about doing good. When the power of God came upon Jesus, he used that power, went around the, the cities and the villages of, the, of Israel, healing people and doing good with that power. He didn't do anything evil with that power. He blessed the people with it. So that's a revelation. That's an unveiling of who God is. For the Bible says Jesus Christ himself is the unveiling of the character and the nature of God. And so Jesus gives us clear understanding, new covenant, of the character and the nature of God. But when we read in the old covenant and, and we read scriptures like this, it, it begins to bring questions into our mind about the character of God, the nature of God. Was God really the one responsible? Was God really sending those snakes into the camp? To bite those people. Let's look at that word again and, and get some more information. It says, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Now, the unfortunate thing is that this word, uh, this Hebrew word sent, has been translated in this way sent. The reality, however, is that the Hebrew word shalach, apart from being uh, uh, translated as sent, can also be translated as to allow something to move. In other words, something that has been stationary, all of a sudden you release it and allow it to move. So that tells you that those snakes were there all along, but God, with his supernatural ability, held those snakes back and kept them from the camp. And now when the people sinned, the sin opened the door for those snakes. The sin opened the door for the enemy. And God had no choice but to release those snakes. He was holding them back all along. Now, because the people had used their own mouth to release words of death against themselves, God had to release those snakes into the camp. So that Hebrew word shalach means to allow something to move. It means to let loose and to set free and let go. So if we look at it in this way, it gives us more information on that word. You see that this word sent is used in the allowing sense. In other words, God allowed those snakes into the camp. He allowed them to begin to move into the camp. Why? Because the people's 
transgression, the people's sin, called for those snakes. They were the ones that were calling for death with their mouth. They were the ones that were calling for premature death with their own confession. God said, I'm taking you over into the promised land. They said, no, we're going to die here in the wilderness. And the Bible says, he shall have whatsoever he said. They had what they said. God had to release those snakes. God had to allow those snakes into the camp. Their words were calling for premature death. And they had what they said over there in the wilderness. So, we see the meaning of that word. It, it, it's used in the allowing sense. It's not used in the sense that God caused it. It's not used in the sense that God was responsible for it. The people were responsible for what had happened to them. So I want you to look at that very, very closely and begin to see that God is not the author of sickness and disease. No. God is not the one that that's that, that, releasing these things against people. When people begin to use their own mouth to call for untimely death and for sickness and disease, then they begin to have what they say. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, I want us to look at that there, that Ephesians 4, 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. These people gave place to the enemy in the camp. And when they gave place to the enemy in the camp, God had no choice but to allow the enemy in. Ephesians 4 verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. I want to, do, I want to just quickly look at that. And uh, Ephesians 4 27. I want to read from verse 26. Be ye angry and do not sin. Remember, these guys were angry with God. They were angry with Moses or angry with God. And they were angry with Moses, angry with God. And what did they do? They spoke words against God and they spoke words against the servant of God. And what happened? That allowed the snakes into the camp. God had no choice in that situation but to let go of those snakes. He had been restraining those snakes. He had been keeping those snakes out of the camp. But the moment they began to disobey God, they created space in their midst for the enemy. They opened the door for the enemy. And the enemy had to get in there. God had to allow the enemy. So Ephesians chapter 4, uh, let's look at it, verse 26. Be ye angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Not, neither give place to the devil. So they gave place to the enemy. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us some more understanding into this um, uh, subject. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, it says here, verse 1, reading from verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses, and in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and that, all, all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things happened. These things became our examples to the extent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lost it and do not become idolaters as some will as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drank and rose up to play. Now let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them fell. Now let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted, and we are destroyed by the serpents. Nor complain as some of them complained, and we are destroyed by the destroyer. So the scripture here is referring to those serpents as the destroyer. See, so they complained and the destroyer got in there. So, this is what happened here. The people allowed the enemy into the camp. God was restraining these serpents all along, 
But because they began to complain and speak against God and speak against Moses, they opened the door and the enemy got access. God had no choice but to uh, release the enemy. So you look at James chapter 4, you begin to get insight. Many people think that it's God's responsibility to keep the devil out of their lives. No, the Bible says in James chapter 4, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Look at James chapter 4 verse 7. Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you read the entire new covenant, you will not see one single place in the new covenant where God took upon himself the responsibility of, of, of resisting the devil for us. We have to be the ones to resist him. God has already done everything he's going to do about the devil. He, he whipped him at the cross, dealt with him at the cross, finished him up at the cross, crushed him at the cross, and gave up and gave us authority in the name of Jesus to keep the devil out of our lives. And the people did not do that. They began to complain against God. They began to complain against Moses. And when they did that, God had to take his hands off the situation and allow those, those snakes to get in there. And those snakes began to bite them. So you look at 1 Peter chapter 5. You see more information here. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, uh, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see, it doesn't, doesn't destroy everybody. If the devil had the ability to destroy, would have destroy everybody, he would have destroyed the entire human race by now. The Bible says he seeks whom he may destroy. He can only destroy those who allow him to destroy them. Verse 9 says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist. If you resist him, he will not be able to gain the access that he desires. So this is what happened there in, Deuter in uh, Numbers 21. The people complained. And when they complained, God let go of those snakes. And those snakes got in there. So that word sent is used in the allowing sense. God allowed it to, to happen. Uh, because... The people were the ones who uh, gave place to the enemy in the camp. And so let's look a little bit more and see what happened after that. Let's look at Deuteron uh, sorry, Numbers chapter 21, verse 7. It says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So the Moses, so Moses prayed for the people. So the people acknowledged their sin, they acknowledged their transgression. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you see this principle here. The people, when they began to hurt, when they began to see their fellow Israelites die very rapidly from the snake bite, they ran quickly to Moses and said, we've done wrong. We've committed sin here. We've sinned against God and we've sinned against you. And that's the reason why this is happening. Talk to God. Pray to God on our behalf that he will take away these serpents from us. And God did forgive them. And in, in Numbers 21 verse 8, we are told here, Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone, I want you to take note of that word, everyone who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall leave. Verse 9, So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And it was, if a serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at that bronze serpent, he lived. So God began to, again uh, point at that cross if you look at uh, john chapter 3 you will see that jesus himself said that that serpent that bronze serpent on that pole was a picture of himself jesus said tells us in john chapter 3 that as moses uh, lifted up that 
serpent on the pole in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man will be lifted up, and as many as believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus Christ tells us that that serpent on that pole was a picture again of himself at the cross. So we begin to see again that the, pro the provision of healing in the new old covenant was based on what was still ahead. It was still ahead. And, 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 and God said, well, somebody is going to come who is going to bear the sins of all mankind. And I'm going to grant healing to all of you uh, ahead, of that, ahead of that cross because Jesus is still going to take upon himself the sins of all mankind. And on the basis of that, I will heal the people that have been beaten by these fiery serpents in the desert. So God provided for their healing based on that cross. But here's an interesting thing. Here's another way that God depicted. You remember in Exodus 15, God showed Moses a tree. But here, it's a pole with a bronze serpent upon it. Of course, that bronze serpent is a picture of judgment. The judgment that came upon Jesus who took our place at the cross of Calvary. But here's the interesting thing that we need to understand. It says, take a bronze serpent, set it up on that pole. And now that was an old a practice that was in place in those days. Uh, at the time when these, these scriptures were written, at the time when this happened, this was a practice that was among the peoples of the world at that time. When they went into battle, and the enemy has been vanquished, the victorious army will take uh, a piece of cloth, a piece of rock cloth, and dip it in the blood of the of the of the conquered uh, enemy. They will dip that piece of cloth in the blood the blood of the conquered enemy, set it upon that pole, and then carry that pole around as a symbol of complete conquest of the enemy. And from that from that practice evolved eventually this the the, the 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 flag the national flags of nations today evolved from this very practice all nations on the surface of this earth today have a national flag and uh, that came out of this practice now when the people saw that serpent that bronze serpent on that pole they understood immediately that god was at war with the sickness and the disease. They knew it. They knew it very, very, very clear. It was clear in their mind. That's the reason why they were able to receive their healing immediately. Because God showed it in, the, in terms that were very clear to them. Because they all knew that that pole and, and that serpent on that pole was a picture of not just victory, but a picture that God was at war uh, with sickness. And he's still at war with sickness today. God is an enemy to sickness and sickness is an enemy to God. God doesn't like it. God does not, does not delight in anybody being sick. God is at war with sickness and disease. And so that's the reason why every single one of them, when they saw that bronze serpent on that pole, they knew immediately that God was at war with it. It was not the will of God for them to be sick, that God wanted them to be healed. God wanted them to be delivered. And it was very, very clear in their mind. And if you can get it in your mind that God is against sickness, completely and totally against sickness, it will not be difficult for you to begin to receive your healing. It's not the will of God for anybody to be sick. It's not the will of God for anybody to be oppressed with sickness 
and disease in their body. And the cross is the place where Jesus Christ took the battle. God Almighty in the presence of Jesus Christ took the battle against sickness and disease. Took it over there to the cross. And that's where God nailed it and put a final blow to sickness and disease on behalf of us all. And every time you look at Jesus on that cross, you should know that that is a picture of God in total battle, all-out battle against sickness and disease in your mind and in your body. And you should look at that cross and say, yes, he did that for me. He did that for me. And he did it for all mankind. And you can be able to receive your healing when it becomes very clear in your mind that God does not want you to be sick. God does not want you to be oppressed with sickness and disease in your body. And he's made provision for you. I want to look at 1 Peter 2.24 again. And that becomes very, very clear in our mind that God has made provision for you. God is against sickness. God is at war with sickness. And uh, the gospel is the power of God to bring complete and total healing to your physical body. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 again. I want to read that. And I want you to take time to look at these scriptures. And as you look at them, it will become clearer to clearer and clearer to you that your heavenly father loves you and he wants you to be well he wants you to be well not only in your mind but he wants you to be well in your physical body also and first peter chapter 2 verse 24 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we haven't died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed you see jesus christ took the beating he took the weeping for us at the cross of calvary and for what reason? Because God is at war. God is at war with sickness and disease. And in order to defeat it completely and destroy it completely out of your body, he sent Jesus Christ up there to the cross. And when Jesus bore your sins and my sins at the cross, he also bore the consequences. Everything that goes with the sin, Jesus bore it at the cross. He bore my judgment and your judgment he bore all the consequences, everything that goes with sin, all the consequences of it came upon him at that cross. And, and that includes your sicknesses, that includes my sicknesses, it includes your disease, it includes my disease. And today, you can look at that cross and say, he did it for me, he did it for everyone. And on the basis of what Christ did, I received my healing today and I'm delivered in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, I'm going to end it there. Verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever shall call. Is that easy to receive your healing? Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be, you will be healed. You will be saved. You will be delivered from that sickness. You will be delivered from that disease. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now this Greek word saved, this word, uh, of course, even the English word, saved it's just that today we don't look at it in that sense but the old english word saved is a comprehensive word and uh, the greek word saved sozo means to be healed to be preserved from all forms of danger and that word saved means to deliverance from sin and all of its consequences that's the meaning of that word and uh, says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be delivered from sin and all of its consequences including sickness and disease so if you call upon the name of the Lord today, you will receive healing for your physical body. Whatever it is that afflicts you 
in your mind or your body, you can receive complete and total deliverance from it because God is at war with this thing. When God told Moses to set up that pole in the, in the camp and said, put that bronze serpent on that pole, it was a symbol of war and victory. The people knew it. They perfectly understood it. And that's the reason why every single one of them that saw it, they received their healing. And if you can see it, that God is at war with that sickness in your body. God, he doesn't want you to be sick. He's completely at war with the thing. And, and, and he wants to rid your body completely of it. And that's the reason why he sent Jesus Christ up there to that cross to die for you and to die for me, to take upon our punishment so that he can release his power in our bodies to uh, bring healing. So call upon the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ today for healing in your mind and for healing in your body. And you'll find that God is faithful and he honors his word. Until I come your way again, the Lord keep you in his grace, keep you in his word, keep you in healing and health. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc at abettercovenant.org.